Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 237 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name's Paul Hirons, and goodness me, wouldn't you just know it? We, as in the Cincinnati Bengals and us, are, well, we're, we're on the inside looking out or whatever it is. We're sort of just about in a playoff position. How things can turn around in the sport, and uh, yeah, we're riding high. Uh, after a two-game winning streak. Fantastic stuff by the guys, and here to talk about it with me is Nathan Palmer. Hello, Nathan. Good evening, my son. And again, I didn't think we'd be here having this conversation a couple of weeks ago. Far from it, but yeah, incredible, lovely feeling at this time of the year and just lovely to have revived our season from literally um, what we probably all thought was a complete dead body of a season that is now very much dancing around rather sprightly. <laughs> Indeed, that's very good. We're we're definitely mid jig, I think, aren't we? We're yeah. uh, we're enjoying it, and it's been a fantastic turnaround. It has to say. I mean, um, it's just crazy what sport can do, really. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think, like I said, it really is. Like we all thought it was done, and now it's sort of dancing around with a nice top hat on and one of those canes, <laughs> and just sort of jigging around, bit of a you know, strutting its stuff and why shouldn't it be? I mean, not only was it two, you know, two wins, it's two very good wins, you know, on the road against a very good Jags team at the top of their division had eight wins at the time, would have really been thinking themselves that that was a fairly easy win and they sort of get their hat in there for the number one seed. And then, you know, the Colts are, were, you know, are sort of right in there for the playoffs themselves. They've won a few games in a row, won some really good close games. And I wouldn't say it was a throlicking yesterday by any stretch, but it was a very, very well conducted win you know very professional played well at the right moments and yeah you come out 20 point um, victors yeah i i agree really it's 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 it is kind of quite remarkable really i think um obviously the pittsburgh game notwithstanding they almost used that game i think as a bit of a citer really to see yeah. what they had in jake browning what they could work with what was working what wasn't and of course an extra week's practice, but yeah, I mean, uh, hats off to everyone. What a fantastic uh, turnaround! And you know, who knows? Again, I think we have to use the caveat by saying that who knows what's going to happen. Jake Browning might just revert back to kind of a backup standard quarterback, really, next week. Um, but uh, he looks really. You know, he's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but he's certainly doing. He's certainly giving us enough to to win. It's it's yeah. really quite something. 
Well, I mean, he also, when you can bear in mind, there's there was nothing on Jake Browning, you know, there, there was really virtually no tape. There's a couple of preseason bits and pieces as fans. You know, we didn't know what we had in our own quarterback. So I don't know if there's a degree of the element of surprise to it for, you know, defenses around the NFL having to adjust. But he looks very good. I mean, you look at some backup quarterbacks around the league, you look at the state of you know, that Vikings-Raiders um, game yesterday, the, the, the you know, I think it was 3-0 in the end or something ridiculous, wasn't it? But, you know, you look at Gardner Minshew, played all right yesterday. He'd, he'd be considered one of the better um, backup quarterbacks around the league. You know, you would, would have said a couple of weeks ago, Joshua Dobbs, certainly one of the better backups around the league. And the reality is, you look at what the body of work over the last three weeks that Jake Browning's been out there playing, he looks a lot better than the rest of them. And, yeah, that's only a three-game sled. You can't read too much into it but as Bengals fans you've got to be delighted um, with the progression and the game planning and the production of what been, what Jake Brown has been able to do Agreed uh, Nathan you're in Cincinnati next week um, what are you looking at and it's your first time isn't it so if you see Nathan walking around if you see kind of if you hear a cockney you know <laughs> a cheeky cockney lad uh, appraising people of their solid handles throughout <laughs> Uh, the downtown area. Do, do say hello to Nathan. I'm sure he, he wouldn't mind me uh, asking you that. What are you looking forward to most? Um, it, it's kind of a big deal, isn't it, when you first go to a, a place that you've always wanted to go, I think. Yeah, it, it's really only dawned on me, I think, this week. You know, you, there's quite a lot, with being this time of the year, there's a lot going on. And I was thinking about it the weekend, actually, just sort of looking back to how long I've been a fan. It's been 20 years now, literally, almost to... Um, the season that I've been supporting the team and I think when I actually get out there and I come off you know getting the taxi into the center to go to my hotel you I'm, I'm pretty sure I drive past Great American Ballpark and um, Paycor and I think that's going to be a real sort of pincher of an emotion to be honest you know when you've been watching these games for as long as I have and doing this podcast or what 230 odd episodes uh, to be out there seeing the stadium seeing um, the city itself I think it's going to be a really special memorable experience so I am absolutely, you know, thrilled to be doing it. It's only a quick visit. It's about three days. But with this new direct flight now, you've got the Bengals UK trip every year. There's much more opportunity. And once you've seen somewhere and know just how good it is, I'm sure I'll be back far quicker than another 20 years. Yeah, I tell you what, that taxi drive (laughs) from the airport, if that doesn't get you excited, you sort of, you make the famous drive down. I think there's a special kind of, I think the name, I can't remember what the name of the highway is. But you you drive down and you come round a corner and there it is, all in front of you. It's one of the greatest views in the world. And uh, you cross the, the bridge and there suddenly is the practice bubble and then there's the stadium. And, it, yeah, it just gets super excited, really. It's, uh, oh, God, I'm getting myself goosebumps. I might try and get a, uh, like a soft top car, you know, get one of those <laughs> just like... Put it down, just have the wind flowing through my hair as I'm coming over the bridge. I'm not sure the driver would be massively happy with that in the, the current temperatures in Cincinnati, no, but we can okay. always try. Well, have a great time, mate, and uh, we'll be catching up with Nathan next week while he's in Cincinnati for our Christmas episode. Because, of course, what is it now? The 11th of December. It's, uh, it's not long until uh, we all pull our crackers and pickle our walnuts and and gently roast our chestnuts over an open fire um have you polished your baubles yet nathan i'm just going to keep going with these double entendres until i um you know can't be bothered anymore there's probably something about eggnog that i can probably do or 
something like that. But uh, yeah, not long till Christmas, Nathan. Well, no, that, that's another reason I'm buzzing to see Cincinnati. I'm sure they've got a few nice decorations up, some trees, and the festive spirit um, will be lovely out there. I can only assume, I think you know, I... down at the down on the banks and over the Rhine and all these destinations yeah. that I've been told are, you know, are great to visit. So I'll be strutting my Christmas stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think I uh, wait, you're literally. I mean, I think you're more or less staying on, you know, within like. T- 10 yards away from Fountain Square so I know that there's there's going to be there's an ice skating rink there and there's all kinds I think you miss SantaCon but you know the week before Christmas everyone's going to be very jolly there's going to be all kinds of things going on so extraordinarily jealous Nathan have the best time but we have got some business to get to and the business is is podcasting Nathan we're about podcasting business and uh, and that's what we're going to do right now with some actually no I tell you what I'm going to tell you uh, that we've got a special guest in this episode, and that guest is a genuine, bona fide Bengals legend, the original number 28. Actually, no, not the original, but probably the most high-profile number 28 in Bengals history. It is, of course, the multi-pro bowl running back, the colossus that is Corey Dillon. He's going to be coming up in just a while but first things first even Corey Dillon has to wait until we've done Reaccione Right the Bengals 34 the Indianapolis Colts 14 was this game never ever in doubt, Nathan? Maybe at the end of that fir- that crazy end to the first half, I think. But I mean, really, we jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead. We let it slip through just pure sloppiness, a pick six, and a uh, touchdown drive that was uh, uh, prolonged by an, well, you have to say an idiotic Trey Hendrickson uh, penalty, roughing the passer penalty. Uh, and fair play to the Colts, they took advantage of that. It's 14 all going into half time, and then we established another 14 point lead, and really that broke the back of the Colts, really, I think. Um, what did you think about this game? Brilliant start. 14 nothing at home. Loved it. Bit sloppy on the pick six. Always a bit of a game changing play, isn't it? A bit unfortunate. You, you know, a little bit on Jake Brown, a little bit behind. Um, Tanner Hudson put got his hand on it, but basically just handed it straight to, you know, the Colts defender for the score, and then little bit potentially negative play calling at the ends, and you know obviously the Colts, um, you know, took advantage. But half time you think, oh, we've done so much right, we don't really deserve to be um, down there. A bit of fortune at our end as well. Obviously, Colts missed a field goal, missed an extra point, um, but. At halftime, you kind of were like, oh, you know, we've been the better team here. You sort of fancy us. And you've got to give so much credit again to the coaching staff and just certainly Jake Browning coming straight out, you know, after the half with the ball. What a dominating drive. And they never looked back from there. The Colts didn't score again. Defence stepped up. It was a, I really rated the performance. One of the more, if not the most complete performance of the season because it ended up being a convincing win. And we've not had too many, like, I would say, convincing wins 
um, you know, throughout this season where you can say, oh, yeah, it was it was quite comfortable. You know, you look back on the games we've won, they've all been sort of four points here, five points there. You'd say the Bills, you know, ironically, away at the 49ers was our best win until that point, who are arguably the best team in the NFL at the moment, which just feels absurd. But I really rated what the team did yesterday. Yeah, me too. And I think, again, you have to take your hats off to everyone involved, the coaching staff, uh, Jake Browning, who's, I mean, goodness me, there was a moment there when he had to go off with his thumb bent back and you thought, no way. Our backup quarterback getting injured on top of our superstar quarterback. That was ridiculous. AJ McCarron came in fleetingly. (laughs) But then, thankfully, it was revealed that Jake Browning just had... uh, some cramp in his thumb that no one, you know, no one's ever heard of that before. Cramp in his thumb. I think he was a bit embarrassed by it. But yeah, just the way they're doing it, and I have to say, I think people are stepping up, and they're yep. for whatever reason and whatever they're doing, because they must have made tweaks, right? The coaching staff must have made tweaks to that scheme to tailor it more to, to Jake Brown. They must have done. They keep saying it's more or less the same offense, but there must be some tweaks, and it seems to be working. Like the, Just for instance, like the interior offensive line that has had a pretty average year, you have to say, up until the last couple of games, they've been magnificent. Cordell yep. Molson has been scoring well. Um, Joe Goodbury keeps putting things online, saying, you know, look at this, look at this bit of footage here he's playing out of his skin so it is better across the board and you do wonder whether actually is that because of the tweaks that have been made or is it because they think well look you know we've got a backup quarterback here we've got to we've got to step up and get this sorted or else he's going to get murdered back there you know so I don't know I don't know what they're doing but I tell you what they can keep on doing it because it's really fun to watch and that's 34 points in two weeks in a row Nathan that's perhaps even more efficient and more dangerous than dare I say it with Joe Burrow under under the centre and that's not saying that Joe you know Jake Brown is a better quarterback than than Joe Burrow but what I am saying is that the tweaks that they made is work you know they're working bloody hell they're working i thought we'd reverted to a scene out of taggart there for a second with, uh... <laughs> it's murder <laughs> um yeah i know it's crazy isn't it and it'd be easy to sit here and say well you know the bengals do this don't they they go on these runs at the back end of the season or certainly they have in the last couple of years and um you You'd sort of think to yourself, don't you? Well, if Joe Burrow had been playing, we probably would have beaten the Steelers. And these last two games, if he was in there, would have been even more comfortable. But it's interesting. You you can't really think like that. The the way the lads have stepped up, possibly because he's gone down. And a few people are saying that. It's like, look, like that shows the leadership in this team and the, the strength of character. Because it would have been very easy. And I think a lot of people expected, including myself, that this team might be... Um, might be done after Joe Burrow going down. You know, it'd been a very sort of up and down, mostly, I'd say, to be honest with you, a little bit down of a season in general. And after that pretty bad game against the Steelers, I think all of us just said, nah, that's it. But like you said, and you bang on, that might have woken this team up. It might, whatever's happened after that Steelers game has lit a firework under them. Because as you've said, offensive line, the running game, I know we'll get to that, but that's been exceptional. The defence... You know, yesterday I thought they did a really good job. Trey Hendrickson's playing out of his skin. And yeah. the one final thing that I think who's really stepped up across the board is these young lads. 
You know, some yeah. of these rookies, DJ Ivy get making plays out there yeah, yesterday. Yeah, you yeah. know, you've got Miles Murphy's getting more time. Chase Brown. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I, you know, there's, well, there some, is, there's uh, some absurd the, things I want to say about him. Yeah, <laughs> why? Just, just just hold your, hold your, chill your rockets uh, for a moment. Uh, um, I want, yeah, it's a really good point because, like, every single rookie that we yeah. drafted this year played yesterday yeah. and you know as you say right from dj ivy who made plays and got a game ball yesterday uh brad robbins we can have a conversation about him uh, at some point in the future if not now uh yoshi was on the field uh charlie um uh jones was on the field returning punts uh miles murphy the first round pick you know getting more and more snaps each week and learning as we go along and showing really starting to show some flashes Jordan Battle more or less starting now Juan Drago at cornerback is starting in place of Cam Taylor Britt and he's not missed a step really fantastic from him Uh, have I forgotten anyone that's it isn't it Um, from this year that's absurd though everyone is contributing that is a really solid draft class so far and uh, you know we often we often kind of can kind of uh we often kind of say god why are they playing these rookies you know and they are now whether it's through i think it's probably through necessity to be honest i think paul yeah. uh, dana used a fantastic phrase on his uh hear that podcast growling walkout he said that the mother of invention is necessity and i think he's right um you know they, they've been forced to play these guys but these guys are really showing up you know is it perfect no but they're all contributing, and it's fantastic to see. Right, Nathan, get it out and just let it fly. Chase Brown, come off Gosh. your come off your long run up. Off you go, son. <laughs> well, I mean, wow. I mean, <laughs> what an incredible geezer out of nowhere. I mean, he just you know the the thing for me with Chase Brown is you didn't know what you really had with him. They'd not put him out there. They'd not played anyone at running back, and we. We're fuming about it a couple of weeks ago, saying that they've got to, you know, try something else, at least see what the other side looks like compared to Joe Mixon. And the geezer, a couple of weeks in a row, I mean, the averages, I don't know what he averages per touch. I don't have that stat in front of me, but three catches yesterday, about 80 yards, um, eight carries for 25, fine. But, you know, this week and the week before, he's had more explosive plays in that running game than we've seen all season and possibly even last season. Just, I mean, the speed. I mean, the geezer's going quicker than Tyreek Hill. I didn't think that was what he had in his repertoire. I thought he was, you know, as quick as a running back might be. The geezer was like a leopard going down that sideline, you know. So, uh, for me, it's just, like, unbelievable to unearth, number one, a talented player, but a rookie that we've been hardly using. And you look what that does for the passing game, you know. That run game yesterday was, you know, it wasn't perfect, but with the screens as well added into that in the passing side of things, it looks dynamic. And when defences see Chase Brown ripping it down the sidelines, ripping off big runs like he did last week, that is going to make the Vikings coming to town this week think, right, we need to think about this. You know, we can't just stack the box and not really think that, you know, there's any chance that he's going to sort of get on the outside and beat us. All of a sudden, they've got to be like, we've really got a game plan around this guy. And the fact that, you know, they are going to split the carries a bit more. And someone said it on Twitter, it might have been Joe Goodbury. It's no surprise that Joe Mixon looks a bit more energised. Now he's splitting some of the carries. You know, he wants to prove himself. He's a competitor. You know, it takes a bit of the burden off him. We ran the ball 29 times yesterday, which is a massive shift 
away from what we've been doing in the past of just leaning on the past game 70-80% of the time. And I think just giving him a bit more um, of a break, you know, varying it up a bit has really, really helped him. And when Joe Mixon runs the ball 20 plus times, we normally win games, you know. So whilst they've sort of split it up a bit, they're also leaning on him a bit more. And I think it suits the geezer, you know. It was a, I was delighted with that yesterday. And if Chase Brown can keep going like that and he can keep playing at that level, that's a really exciting weapon for us. Not only this season, if it doesn't work out, but you look for uh, to next season and someone that can help Joe Burrow as a as a young player. That's that's a really exciting prospect for me. And also, you can't. It just shows you the value of having a one-two punch. You know, we were yeah, critical of the running game earlier on the year. I think everybody could see it. The fact it was just Mixon. It was just Mixon, and everyone knew what you were getting from Mixon, so therefore the defences could game plan for that. But there's no alternative. But now you've got a a real one-two punch, though. And we're seeing the transition from Mixon as a a more... We've never really seen him as a... He's he's a bit of an all-rounder, I think, Mixon. But now we're seeing him more of a power back, more of a bell cow guy. And, um, And now we're seeing Chase Brown as that change of speed, change of pace guy that can rip off these long runs and it just puts the defense back on their heels we are much we are a much more balanced yeah. offense Do you know the play that epitomized it yesterday i thought was when they lined joe mixon up at fullback and they had yes. chase brown behind yeah. him that was nice and that's one of those situations where the, as the defense you think shit if they pitch it out to chase brown we've got to be sending people quickly out there because he's rapid so you got that in one um, side of it, and then you're like, we got Joe Mixon in at fullback, you know, much closer to the line, yeah, yeah. plows it through, gets us a first down, we end up scoring. So that was a lovely, you know, example of them putting two running backs on the field and, um, and making it work. You know, very, very exciting. Yeah, and um, you know, it's 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 Icky Woods and James Brooks all over again. It's he reminds me a bit of Chase Brown from what we've seen. This very small sample size there's a little bit of Gio Bernard about him you know the whole kind yeah. of Jeremy Hill Gio Bernard duo the one two punch there I mean yeah. it just makes it a much more varied more dynamic offence um, and also in the passing game I mean they were our number one and three receivers yeah, yesterday absolutely. Yeah, they accounted for 126 yards and a touchdown of offence I mean that you know, if you're going to help Jake Browning out as a young guy still learning the ropes, well, he's not young Jake Brown, we have to remember that. He's sort of just <laughs> yeah. a young starter, shall we say. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, if he can just check some of these passes off and people rip them down the sidelines, I mean, bless him, it pads his stats, but it makes life a hell of a lot easier for him having to, you know, slung it 15, 20 yards down the field into coverage every time. So yeah. it's been really good play design more than anything else. What I liked about it last, uh, yesterday was... Um... Um, he finished drives off, did Jake Browning. Uh, we drove the ball nicely, uh, you know, nice nice balance between run and pass. There's a few deep balls that we didn't rely on, Chase and Higgins, which was great. Uh, the tight ends are more of a functional unit now. Each one has their own little different idiosyncrasy and characteristic. Um, you know, obviously Tanner Hudson with his first career a touchdown yesterday they're being used creatively Drew Sample is becoming an absolutely integral important part of this team because he's now lining up in the backfield he's lining up uh, um, in, in as an inline tight end as well um, so you know things are cooking and it's really interesting but what I liked is that we have been finishing drives it's all very well kind of getting down there but you know 
Uh, we've been scoring touchdowns, so long, long may that continue. It's fantastic, really. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, mate. And the key for the Bengals is just can they build on it? You know, have they got it in their locker to to maintain this run, or is it? You know, I wouldn't. Say, you can't say these last two games are a fluke because they're games of football. You know, they're against good teams and they've played very, very well. But there are some very winnable games between now and the end of the season. You know, three backup quarterbacks. The roster feels galvanized. Um, yeah, it's. I I did not think, and we said this at the start of the podcast. I just did not think that I'd be enjoying these football games and as immersed as I am right now because I, I'm shocked by it and I'm absolutely loving it at the same time. Yeah, no, I think everybody is that. And whatever happens uh, will happen and it's not going to be perfect and it's going to be a roller coaster. But like you say, we are fully capable of beating the Vikings who won about 3 nothing against the Raiders. Didn't they win 3-0 against the Raiders yeah. last night? Yeah. Um, you know, so they're struggling a little bit. Tough defence, but, you know, that's a winnable game. Pittsburgh are all over the shop. Winnable game. Chiefs, well, we'll see. But you they're, know, they're look, they're not playing well. No, they're, they're not, not playing well they're at not, all. I mean, I, mean, you know, yeah, I, no, I, I, I don't think you certainly would make yourself favourites. It's going to be a real long shot in that. But yeah, they it's, made it's that Browns game. I think yesterday. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. They they were a bit pathetic, weren't they? But um, uh, the Browns game is going to be crucial. Obviously, I think. Um, that could be a real slobber knocker, as you call it. Uh, end of the season powwow. Uh, Joe Flacco dealing um, at the moment. Reeves, at the moment. What, year, what year is it that Joe Flacco's out there? I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just tossing balls as deep as he can down the field. Like, know. you know, but you've taken fair play to the geezer. He's probably a better option than a lot of these backups that are out there at the moment. You know, it's, it's fair not, play. Not geezer. Jake Browning. Nathan, not Jake yeah. Browning. Right, shall we bring our special guest in? Um, a really special guest, I think. Um, I wanted to, to give you a bit of context because um, Corey Dillon. Now, you probably heard us talk about Corey Dillon on the podcast. This is for perhaps the younger generation or newer fans. So Corey Dillon um, was uh, drafted by the Bengals in 1997 and he ripped off one, two, three, four, five, six consecutive seasons of 1,100 yards or more. He was uh, massive. He had, I mentioned it in our little interview in a moment, that he had the perfect combination of size and speed. He was absolutely brutal as a running back. And he doesn't get talked enough uh, about one of the greats, really, even though he went on to play for New England and win a ring in... Um, 2004 uh, he should be talked about as a hall of famer you know he was he's a four-time pro bowler uh, and he's got and he the thing is with Corey Dillon he when he went big he did not fuck about I'm not kidding you in his rookie season he broke the uh, single game rookie rushing record uh, against the Tennessee Oilers I believe uh, with 246 yards and that has been broken since but at the time he broke that record uh, in 2001 he ran for 278 yards Nathan uh, again I think it was against the Broncos um, um, breaking Walter Payton's record uh, now that has also since been broken twice I believe uh, he owns four of the top ten single season rushing performances by Bengals running backs 
He owns the Bengals' season rookie rushing record, goes without saying. He's number 20 in NFL history in rushing yards. Uh, and obviously he's, he's the Bengals' career uh, um, rushing leader with over 8,000 yards. So when this guy ripped off a big game, it wasn't just like 102 yards or 110 he was liable to go for over 200 yards. This guy ran over people. I'm Just go up. There's one particular game against the Steelers, thrilling game, uh, where the Bengals in the side of the last minute drove down. I think it was Neil O'Donnell. So we're talking late 90s here. Um, and they drove down, and Corey had a few key runs on that drive, like minutes, like literally scored with seconds to go. Kyle Pickens in the end zone. But uh, they tried to bring down Corey Dillon, and he just literally... Uh, people were just bouncing off him. It was crazy. Go on, go and see uh, go and see Corey Dillon. Of course, he played in the era of Adrian Peterson and, uh, and Barry Sanders towards the end of his career. You know, so he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. However, a couple of things, Nathan. You must know this. We've talked about it. Um, Corey Dillon... Um, was part of a team that basically lost every single year. They, even though they had fantastic talent like Willie Anderson and Takeo Spikes and Justin Smith and Carl Pickens and Darnay Scott, they just couldn't get it together uh, for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, there's long, you know, we can have a long discussion about why this team was a perennially losing team. And, you know, there's a lot of proud guys on this team and they got pretty pissed off with losing all the time. And Corey was one of them. And his time with Cincinnati ended acrimoniously, shall we say, with the... Um, he wanted to leave. So Corey came back with this infamous line, tell Mr Brown to please let me sign with a team that really wants me and let's move both... Uh, let's m both move on with our lives. Don't make sound. Don't make it sound like I'm crazy or mad. This is just the way I see it. Um, and um, he said, uh, he said, I'll be flipping burgers or something. I'll sit. They can take their 1.3 million, and they know what they can do with it. I'll pay play for 50 bucks somewhere else. That's an infamous line. Uh, in franchise history, it did not ingratiate Corey Dillon with a lot of the fan base. You know what a lot of the fan base are like if if someone is vocal about leaving. Um, people are still very upset with Carson Palmer, uh, and Corey was Carson Palmer in that respect before, you know, 10 years or so before. Um, well, not 10 years ago, but, you know, yeah, 10 years ago or so before Carson Palmer uh, left acrimoniously. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, history uh, with Corey Dillon and the Bengals. Uh, so I wanted to give you that context. But the good news is, I think, that a lot of fans are starting to see... Um, well, started to, to kind of appreciate Corey for what he was, a passionate, outspoken someone who cared deeply about his personal performance and the team's performance. Uh, and look, if you're playing for a losing season for six years, it's going to be frustrating. You have to say that. Um, so it's uh, it's very interesting. And it's only recently that he's really, you know, you may have seen him on Twitter on other people's podcasts. Uh, indeed, we have to thank Jeff Trenopole, uh 
from uh, Sports with uh, Strawberry Eyes podcast for helping to set this in uh, th- this interview up with Corey, and also Bengals captain as well. You know they brought him over to Cincinnati. He was there at the Bills game, Corey. Uh, in, um, when we were there, it, uh, got to meet him again, and uh, it's great to see him enjoy and, and and build his relationship with the Bengals as a fan now, with the fans again. Um, so he's being respected. He's getting the respect that he's due. I think he's a shoe in next year for personally for for uh, the Ring of Honor. There's a he's got Hall of Fame credentials. I think generally, I don't think he probably will get in, but we'll see. Uh, but certainly the Ring of Honor, and um, because if you sat down and wrote down your um, all-time Bengals team, Corey Dillon would be an absolute no-brainer. Would be one of the first people on your team sheet, you know, one of the first names. So um, uh, yeah, it's it's been an interesting ride for Corey. So we're we're really delighted that he's taken the time to uh, chat to us. Nathan, you know a bit about Corey Dillon. What do you, what what's your feeling about Corey Dillon? Yeah, just a fantastic player. Obviously, like you said, a bit of a sour ending at the end with it all. But in fairness to him, he went away, didn't he? He got his ring with New England. Um, just an explosive, incredible running back. And, you know, we talk about Chase Brown earlier. I'm not comparing Chase Brown to Corey Dillon yet by any stretch. But, you know, a, a dynamic quality player like that can make all the difference. And obviously, unfortunately, he played for some, you know, far below par Bengals teams when he did. But, yeah, incredible player. Like you said, no doubt in my mind that he'll make it into the Bengals ring of honour. I'm not sure about the Hall of Fame. Just so many good running backs out there, aren't there, to choose from. But no doubt, just a fabulous player. Well, with that, let's bring him in. And now I'm, uh, as we mentioned, we've got a bona fide legend on the um, on the podcast this week. I'm delighted to say that uh, the Bengals' all-time leading rusher, uh, he is simply the best running back in Bengals franchise history. It is Corey Dillon, number twenty-eight on Cincinnati. Welcome, Corey. How are you doing? I'm doing good, and thanks for having me. Do you ever tire of that kind of introduction? I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the past where you've said that you feel a bit underappreciated. Is that narrative starting to change a little bit now? Do you think? No, that never get. I, I would never get tired of that. To be honest with you, I, I need I need more people to say that. <laughs> so I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to it. The narrative is changing a little bit, and and that's a good thing. Good. Well, I'm glad. You absolutely deserve it. We'll touch on a few things later on, if that's okay. But first things first, how is life? You look good. You look healthy. I had the pleasure of meeting you before the Bills game. Uh, You look fantastic. So how is life, man? Man, Life is good, man. And it's basically what you make out of it. So I've I've been doing a good job of staying healthy and, you know, trying to eat right and, and, and trying to be happy. That's, that's the keys to life. So so far, so good. So I'm a, I'm gonna continue that journey. So we, we'll see what happens. Good. Well, and um, I wanted to ask you straight off the bat, actually, uh, Corey. Um, we we mention you quite often on the podcast because you know you are, as I mentioned earlier, not blowing too much smoke up your, you know where. But right, uh, <laughs> I, we, um, we do mention you quite a lot on the podcast from time to time because you do hold all these records and you are the kind of bench benchmark for running backs for the Bengals. So it's kind of, you know, occasionally we'll, we'll comp you to, to new running backs or whatever. And um, 
But for younger the younger generation who must have heard of Corey Dillon, what kind of player? Can you tell them in in your own words what kind of player were you? What kind of guy were you? Well, you know, tell us a bit more about Corey oh. Dillon from Corey Dillon's mouth. Well, I mean, as far as off the field, man, I'm 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 real laid back and you know, for the most part, I don't like to be bothered. I'll be in my own little bubble, kind of, kind of shy, so to say. But when them pads go on, man, it's it's all business, and and that's what I've been taught since I was I was little playing football with my brothers, man. As soon as we start playing, man, it's it's all it's about winning. So that that been instilled in me since I was a youth. So when it came when it came to you know, making it to the NFL, man, I still had that philosophy of, you know, uh, going out there, playing as hard as I can, no matter what the circumstances is, and and leaving it all out there. That's the only way I could feel comfortable going at, going home and sleeping that night is knowing that I went out there and gave it my all. I, I mean, your, your running style, tell us about that, yeah. because when I was watching you, it was scary because you you had that combination of speed and brutal strength. I mean, I remember you know you just running over people basically. Right. Tell us. Tell you. You mentioned about when you put the pads on. What happened? What happened in your mind? What was what was going on there? Well, putting the pads on, man. It, hey, I just went into a different mode of like, listen, the hunt is on. And they're out there trying to hunt me, man. And, hey, I got to get away from these hunters. So at all means, by all means necessary, man, I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep them up off me. So that's that's where my mentality and my mental was, you know, what? at all costs, get the job done. Don't care how it looks, what it takes, just get it done. So, yeah, man, it was it was it was a beautiful combination of speed and power, man, and I use that to my advantage. Like in some games, I, I just try to fill the game out. And sometimes, you know what, they're they're looking for me to run them over and they gave me opportunities, you know, what to use my speed and dance around them, man. It was just taking what the defense was giving me and and using my skill set and trying to make something happen. And you and you you mentioned it, but you but you put put your skills um you know, to good use because when you went off, you absolutely went off and you went big, right? right? You, one of the things I'll always remember about you, I can't, you know, the, the, you talk about the six out of seven seasons that you were with Cincinnati, you were, you were, you passed like 1100 yards, right? It's per every season that yeah. that takes some doing, right? And, and let's face it on a, on a team that wasn't winning and it must've been extraordinarily frustrating for you and the guys, but, um, you yeah. did that every year. You managed to be consistent. How did you manage to do that? Well, my mindset was always try to outdo the previous season. Uh, you know, I, it is, in so many words, I was never, like, satisfied with, you know, what I'd done. So that yeah. always kept me focused and, and busy on trying to get better. So that was my main thing. And, and my main focus is, you know what, hey, yeah, I had a good season that year. But you know what? Let's try to let's try to get better, and I'll do that. So that would that kept me driven on on doing the best I can do and and, and being a better player. Now, when I said you went off, I wasn't joking because you broke uh, the rookie record um, 
by rushing right. for 246 yards against the, the Oilers, the Tennessee Oilers, as they were back then. Um, can you, I mean, you know, people like Peterson and yada, yada, yada those guys have, yeah. a couple of guys have surpassed you. But back then, what was it, 97, I think it was? Is that right? Um, it was 97, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So just, just talk to us about that day. Do, when you, when you, because you also broke the, this, the NFL's single game right. rushing record being Walter Payton, which was extraordinary, really. When these are these are records that stayed for a long time. So, right. do you, can I just ask when you when you when you surpassed those records and broke those records at the start of the game? Did you kind of say? Did you have a feeling, or did it kind of like maybe sort of five rushes in where you kind of thought, "Hold on a minute, today's going to be a day. I'm going to eat today." Well, no, not not necessarily, man. I, I'm, I'm more a flow guy. I, you know, I go with the flow of the game and see what it presents me. And to be honest with you, man, in both of those scenarios, I really didn't know how many yards I had. I'm, I'm out there just running mm. and 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 trying to do the best I can. So it never dawned on me where my yards were at any point in any of those games my 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 focus always been the same throughout my whole career man is anytime i touch this ball i'm just trying to get some positive yards and do something with it four yards to me is a good carry and anything after that is is icing on the cake so that's that was my philosophy that's all that's all i think about is when i touch the ball at least get four yards you know, and anything after that, man, is 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 kudos. So it never really dawned on me in any of those games where I was yards wise. If you if you could take a look back and, and and see some of the footage, man, like when they said, "Oh, you broke the record," I, I didn't. I re, I really didn't know until it was announced on the scoreboard. You know, so my thing is just going out there and try to try to win and help the team win. So that that. That adrenaline, that rush, you know, keeps me keeps me motivated to to run like a madman. So that's the only thing I'd be thinking about. Four four yards, four yards is a good play. That's my yeah. theory. So I mean, what what do you remember after those games? Can you tell us any like little bits of memories of congratulations or inside the locker yeah. room? Was it? Can you tell us a little bit about those? I mean, uh, well. After after breaking Jim Brown's record of I think it was two forty, I think it was two forty five or something like that. I think I went for two forty six or yeah. something like that, or it was two forty three. I don't know the exact number. Uh, I remember being asked by a reporter, "Do do I think I'm better than Jim Brown?" Right? And I'm like, "Hell no!" <laughs> what are you talking about here? <laughs> like, no. I'm like, dude, you know what? And I, I actually told him, man, I, I haven't even arrived. I'm only a rookie, man. And you know what? Just to be mentioned along with Jim Brown is 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 a great accomplishment, man. So I remember that like yesterday. And then besides that, man, it's just your teammates, man. And, and the offensive line, it's a big accomplishment for them, too, because they're part of it, man. They're, they're up front and – and 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 paving the way for me to run. So, and and the receivers are blocking. So it's a, it's a it's a team it's a team offense accomplishment win 
one of your players go out and do something spectacular. So it was, it wasn't just all me, man. It, it took all 11 and we did some pretty great things. And, and some of them guys hey, was there through it all from the, the rookie rushing record mm. and up until, you know, breaking Walter Payton's record. So it's, it's, it's a good deal for all of us. When you, when you broke the, um, back then which was the all-time single game rushing record right. not the rookie one but the all-time one and right. um, i believe that your starting quarterback back then scott mitchell um <laughs> yeah, right. two for 14 for 34 yards basically they just handed the ball to you right like all through was that the game plan or was it just something that evolved throughout that uh throughout that game because <laughs> um, those are like ridiculous stats when you kind of read them aloud right Right. So listen, uh Scott Mitchell could throw the ball. Let's let's yeah. let's he's a quarterback, man. He could he could throw the ball. Uh if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't know. I think I think Achille started that game. Right. And and I think he went out with a concussion. Mm-hmm. If I if I if I if I remember correctly. And and Scott Mitchell came in. So for they combined for, I guess, 30 some yards total. But the running game was so efficient that day. It was like whoever touched that ball mm. was getting chunks of yard. I think Peter Warwick had a 60 or 70 yard run himself. Uh, Brandon Biddy came in the game. He had a total of like 50 some yards. I mean, on a couple mm. carries. So, on the ground, we were just we were locked in and, and and focused on on winning. And the guys up front was just doing a tremendous job of just creating lanes. And it did it, it it helped that 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 Denver defense was super aggressive and overplaying the play. Right. So I mean, all we had to do is really get started one way and 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 look for a cut on the backside. And there were gashing holes. So we we did that we did that good all day, and it turned into a historic moment. Um, you had a fantastic career in Cincinnati, and right. um, but as I say, it wasn't a winning team, and it was it was hard for Bengals fans because, right, you know, it was it, we, no one as a fan, no one likes to see a team with losing records pretty much every right. year for for a long time. Um, obviously, you were frustrated, and I, your teammates was. I've often wondered, and I, I wanted to ask you this question. And I know that you'll give me an honest answer because you are a very honest man. Um, yes. Um, why? Why was I mean? You had Peter Warwick yourself, Pickens, Darnay Scott. You know, right. uh, Boomer had a great season in '97. You had Willie on the right hand side, like a potential should be a Hall of Famer at some point. This team, the team, did not lack talent. So what? What went wrong during that period? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. I, I, is that I, like I mean, the six million dollar question? Is that the trickiest question of all? That's the that is the trickiest question. I I mean I I often pondered that that question a million times. Like we had great talent all across the board, man, and it just wasn't it wasn't adding up, you know. So I don't I don't I don't know what it was, man. But when you start seeing like you said some of the icons like go like Pickens and Darnay Scott, some some of these guys you real, real close with, man. It 
it, it almost appears like, you know what, you're on deck too. You know what I mean? Like, when is your time coming? So mm. it was, it was, it, it's an eerie feeling, man, having all that talent and you, you only win in a couple games a year, man. It, it will, it will, it'll hurt you, man. And, and it haunts you. Like, why can't we get over this hump and, and what's, and what's the deal? Like, what's really, really the problem here? Because we, we, us as players, man, we're good enough to go out here and win games, and we're just not, we're just not putting it together. And I think, I think when that doubt start creeping in, I mean, people make a lot of bad decisions all across the board. So, and and, and people get into survival mode, like you know, they want to save themselves type thing. So, mm-hmm. so it, it's 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 a bad it's it's it, it's a bad feeling. Trust me, it's yeah. not it's not something you. You want to you want to take on as a player, like trying to figure out. It, it's hard enough doing your job out there, but trying to figure out management moves as well is just something you yeah. shouldn't have to deal with. Um, I'm not going to dwell on that too much, but uh, I, that's the question I've always wanted to ask. You know, member of that '90s team, because we we will as fans, we love the team, whatever. Come what right. may, we love we love you guys. We you know we love the players. Massive respect for you guys. But uh, it's a question that it's like, why would this? T- anyway, we won't dwell on that. Let's move on. You finished your career with the Patriots. You picked up a ring. Right. You are twentieth all time leading rusher in the NFL. That you must, that must be extremely, make you extremely proud, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what you play for, man. That's that's the whole that's the whole thing of of playing this sport at a professional level is actually putting your body on the line to win a championship. So mm. if you, if you're, if you're out there for anything other than that, man, you're in the wrong profession. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know where people are nowadays or how they think about their career and, and what they want out of it. I know for me, only to speak for me, so to say is, man, that's, that's the one thing that, been elude me since Pop Warner man is winning the championship man and I was vaccinated on trying to do that mm-hmm. and and for it to actually come true and 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 come to life man is is it's a wonderful thing man I will never never forget that moment in my life so it kind of it kind of capped everything I was doing when I was six years old up until that point of running around like a like a little savage trying to, <laughs> and then running around like a big football. savage yeah man <laughs> trying to play football trying to hang hang out with my brothers and play football with them and try to let them know man you know what I'm tough and I could I could play with you guys too it it all it all came together you know mm-hmm. uh, after winning that championship so yeah man it, it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful experience man and that's what that's what I was in it for is to win a championship. Not so much for everything else, man. Hey, records come and go. My whole motto was going out there and and helping a team win. Mm. Period. And and being in a hunt to try to win a championship. That was that was me to a T. Just a blue collar worker. Love to go to work. When I'm off work, leave me alone. But when I go to work, don't bother me, <laughs> you know. I'm at yeah, work, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so so, and that that was just me, man. So 
it it all came full circle, man. And you know what? It, it's 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 the business part of the game that's that's horrible. You know, you see you see your favorites come and go, man, and it's 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 heartbreaking. I I hear from Bengals fans all the time, man. But they got to understand. I I think me speaking more, they kind of understand where I'm at mm. and what I was what I was going through back then. Yeah, and and they don't they don't fault me for making a move you know what i mean and i and i try to tell them man i wish i wish times were better where i didn't have to make those type of decisions you know what i mean so things mm -hmm. so, so things what, over what, time over time is getting better man it's getting better yeah. and people are kind of understanding where i'm coming from and you're active now you're on fan podcasts you interact with fans yeah. shout out to jeff trenopole by the way um yes you know a shout out to bengal's captain you're with those exactly. guys at the bills game you you were good enough to shake my hand and have a photograph. Um, you know what I mean. It's it's. Where are you at the moment? Do you enjoy now? Do you actively enjoy engaging with the fan base? And like you say, you're yeah. getting a lot of respect. You're getting a lot of uh, love, which is absolutely merited. Do you know what I mean? You totally deserve right. that. Um, well, but it, is it, it is it fun now? Is it fun again for you now? You know what? I've been away from that that element for so long. So it's it's kind of it's refreshing, you know what I mean. So I really I really enjoy it, man, and I I just love having conversations with people. Where you know what some some conversations may not be what I want to hear, or <laughs> you know what I mean. But mm. we have that conversation, and by the end of the conversation, man, we we, we got an understanding, and that's what it's all about, man. Just understanding each other, you mm -hmm. know. I don't I don't fault no I don't fault people for being upset. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. no, I don't. I mean it is what it is. I mean, stuff happened. Mm -hmm. But I I truly believe everything can be resolved with a simple conversation and trying to and try to come to a balance of, you know, mm -hmm. somebody you understanding somebody and somebody understanding you. You'll walk away from the situation with a with a with a better conclusion about that person than just being one sided and not not hearing them out. So it's 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 been it's been fun. I mean, and 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 to the contrary, man, I've got so much love from the Cincinnati fan base. It's unbelievable. So I feel real comfortable interacting and and telling my truth. And and they've been real receptive of you know hearing me out and and, and seeing where I'm coming from. So it's a great thing. Great. I'm really pleased to hear that. Um, uh, thank you so much for the time, Corey. Um, I'm going to just finish off, if that's OK, by just asking you, I'd be silly not to, what you make of this current team. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about the running game this year. Hasn't been quite up to scratch. Much better against Jacksonville. We're recording yes. this before the Colts game. So this will go out after the Colts game. So let's hope that trend continues. But what what are you seeing from this team? It's been an incredible couple of years. Um, yes. but what are you seeing this year? Uh, man, I mean, Joe Burrow, man, I, I really, I really truly believe if he didn't go down, they were going to run the tables, get in the playoffs somehow and make some noise. That's a real good team. Cincinnati has and trust me man you're, you're talking to a guy who would have loved to play on that team okay would have loved to be in that situation those players are get to experience um 
Yeah, but Brownies come in, man, and gave gave everybody some hope, man. I'm it's not over yet. It's not over. And you know what? They their their schedule is favorable. They can still pull this off. And far as as far as, you know, the running backs go, man, they last week they did a good job of doing it by committee, man. Guys stepped up, came in and got some nice, good, tough yards. If they can adopt that same formula they had last weekend against Jacksonville, we, we'll be okay. I, I like our chances. Great stuff, Corey. Listen, uh, thank you once again for the time. It's really, it's a real pleasure. Uh, I'm so glad that um, bridges are being built or have been built and you're getting the respect that you deserve. And I think that will continue from a more official, you know, capacity. Let's just say that's my own personal view in the next year or so. Um Let's hope so anyway. Uh, and, you know, uh, and obviously uh, fair play to you for interacting with fans and and telling your story because you, you're one of the all-time greats, you know. Um, so thank you so much for the time. Have a great Christmas and you're welcome back on anytime. Man, thank you. Merry Christmas to you as well. And who day to all my fans out there. We're still in this thing. We, we got a fighting chance. We got we to gotta finish strong. Trust me. There you go. That was Corey Dillon. Great stuff from Corey. Good. Uh, it's just good to, you know, good to hear from him and good to hear him in good form and good to hear that he, he does enjoy, you know, looking out, out for the Bengals. As I say, he engages with the fans. He goes on fan podcasts like ours and other people's. Yeah. Um, and he's doing it the right way, I think. He is now a fan, and um, uh, except for the fact, the only thing that separates him is that he's a, he was one of the best running backs uh, of all time. Uh, I think. Well, the figures bear it out. He's one of the twenty best running backs uh, of all time. He he kind of you know in terms of yardage, he beats out OJ Simpson. You know what I mean? So yeah. you know it's incredible that we've got him on, and uh, really pleased and thankful that uh, he's uh, he took the time to say hello. We like to get the uh, controversial guests on the podcast. I mean, like Carson Palmer, Corey Dillon, people that have, you know, had a bit of a bit of a ding dong with Mike Brown. That's, that's well, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be down. the uh, Corey wouldn't be the first, you know, uh, to have a ding yeah. dong with Mike Brown in the past. But um, well, uh, Carlos Dunlap will get next. Yeah, well, we've well, Carlos, well, we've Carlos. But... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, we'd love to get Carlos back on. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? He was a good guy. Uh, so yeah, many thanks to uh, Corey Dillon. Um, Shall we go uh, and check out uh, some of your correspondence, shall we? Um, Slam Dunk, Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid and um, Good to see so many of our draft picks contributing. Apart from the Trey late hit and last minute or so of the first half, it was pretty much all us. Vikings up next week, which looks winnable. JB Sixers has us rolling. Score 30 points a week and we won't lose many. I'm off for a jacket potato. There we go. Your jacket potato comment caused uh, some discussion online, Nathan. Um, Memphis Soul Stewart, Stuart Baird, 688. I enjoy that. Running game and tight ends seem to be clicking a bit more. It's great to see Tanner Hudson get his first TD. Jamie at uh, Trek on Pista, good game, good performance, and we're back in the thick of it. Think we might need to start thinking about a new punter. Are you thinking about a new punter? Oh, I, I, he's not. Yeah. Dude, he's not. I'm he's thinking not. about it. Yeah, yeah, he's not playing well. It's definitely, it's definitely being thought about. 
Um, it's hard to know, isn't it? Like, if it's a confidence issue, which for a rookie absolutely could be, um, you know what it's like for those special teamers, kickers, punters, even holders and snappers. It's one of those things that you probably behind the scenes do a million times and it works when you're in front of 60 70,000 and a television audience that you know far exceeds that if you're just not clicking and you know that you've got all these people on twitter and the coaches breathing down your neck when you shank one or you perhaps don't catch it right it's going to be difficult you don't want to give up too soon on a play you know you look what happened with jay kelly we didn't even give him a regular season he's now one of the best kickers in the nfl and has been for a long time so you've got to be careful with it but I think you give him to the end of this season. I don't think it's going to be the difference between us winning, winning and losing the Super Bowl by any stretch. But yeah, it's, he's not lived up to expectations, has he? And as a guy you spent a draft pick on at punter, you kind of expected for him to sort of slot in and be a pretty good player from the off. It's not like we got a undrafted free agent and it's sort of a bit of a gamble. It was someone that you've invested a not a premium pick in by any stretch, but someone that's not like I said, you're not just. It's not just a throwaway comp pick at the end of the seventh round. So I think you give him to the end of the season. I think you give him training camp. You give him some stiff competition, probably against another rookie that you might have to invest a draft pick in or you get a veteran maybe. Yeah, I I prefer a veteran, I think. I mean, there's also Drew Chrisman out there, you know, our friend Drew. But anyway, Josh Engel, Josh from Cincy. I'm feeling like a million bucks. We're going to the playoffs. I feel it in my bones. Who day? Who day to you, Josh? Good positive stuff there uh, Martin at Dorset Bengal uh, nice effort coming back from the pick six and draft penalty by Hendrickson personally I don't mind if elite defenders play with a bit of a screw loose and sometimes do daft things Jake played so well Burrow will have to lend him some trendy clobber for the socials I know he's good at up his fashion game uh, I think uh, Jake Browning well, uh, there's nothing wrong with a geezer's fashion it's just that he's trying to compete against like you know some geezer in the parrot, you know, the Milan catwalk the way Joe Burrow goes I about know, you know, I know, so I, know. I feel bad for the geezer Ken Troop but Super Trooper 64 um, big credit where it's due offensive line another good head to head win against a playoff contender 10 and 7 we're squeaking in that's got to be the hope hasn't it 10 wins that's what you've got to aim for I think yeah I think so the thing is I think you could get in with 9 but you're just relying too much on other results yeah and I think there are just too many teams out there with 7 and 6 around that obviously things will shake out in the end but at the moment you're going to have to distance yourself a little bit um We'll see. It's all exciting I, stuff. I don't know. I, I, it depends who you beat as well. If you if you lost against the Vikings and then you lost against the Chiefs, but you won the last two against the Browns and Steelers for good measure, and you know the Steelers are playing shit at the minute, and they you, you maybe think at you know sort of um, at nine and seven if, if results went your way, but you probably are going to need ten wins. That's going to be very hard because then you've got to beat every team bar the Chiefs that you probably should and that that is going to be tough but I think with 10 wins there's no doubt that you'd, you'd get in there's enough teams that will play each other or you know knock themselves out of contention um, and it'd be an insane effort in some ways for this it team would, to get it 10 would. wins it would it would absolutely Derek Davis at Bengal Bites uh, total Bengals domination the O and D Lions both played incredibly well BJ Hill was blowing up runs Cheeto played his best game of the year I agree with that actually uh, Chase Brown finally got to show his speed. Browning didn't make any spectacular plays, but he didn't need to. 
Robin's worst punting game ever. You can't disagree with any of that, really. BJ Hill with that fantastic interception as well. Um, yeah, all, they've all stepped up. They've all stepped up and, and things are sort of clicking a little bit, which is great. They uh, like they enjoyed themselves, didn't they? Yeah, they do. The, the confidence is back. The feeling in that locker room, you can see it with the kind of Zach's post-game speeches. The feeling seems to be back there, that, that special chemistry that we... We know that we the, the guys have got in there. It looks to be back, doesn't it? Um, right, Jason at MJ Stewart. Number six, Browning Street, was at it again. Showing his life left in this season yet. Yeah, love to see a hard-working backup make the most of every moment he gets on the field. Here, here. Uh, Richard Murgatroyd at Richard Murg 90 I'll hold my hands up. I was part of the tanking brigade. Maybe the loss of Burrow after we turn the season around, not my confidence in the team. But the scene seems to have rallied and are going to compete down the stretch. Wildcard spot is possible. It is. Uh, Stephen McNish at McNish86. Love this team's guts. Hope they keep this balance on offense when Joey is back. Uh, Defo in the playoff shot now. Um, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, the one thing... As I said, you know, you can't compare Browning and Burrow's quarterbacks, but perhaps you can take something from the way the offense is kind of purring a little bit now, you know. Uh, maybe don't put it all on Joe Boy's shoulders like it has been before. A, a, a much balanced offense is the way to go, I think. Um, Bengal Rowley at Hog Roland, feeling relieved and really looking forward to the remaining matches. Try, uh, Trey Hendrickson played a blind apart from the rougher, roughing the passer penalty. All players stepped up across the board. Great to see so many draft and younger players shine here. here. Uh, Chris Roberts at 1066. Chris, in the last two games, the players have shown that even with Burrow, they are still championship caliber players. The lessons learnt this season should mean we are more versatile and even stronger next season. Hats off to the players and the coaches. Here, here. Perfect tweet, I think. Chris uh, uh, John Kelly at JK Knee Bengal 68 I did say after what Joe went down I thought the boys would pull together and stay on the edges of the player picture but definitely didn't think the conversation would be uh, is is would be is the offense better under JB6 or JB9 enjoy Cincinnati Nathan glad it's a meaningful game Pity we can't meet up at the tailgates for that beer maybe next time. Now, John wants you to go, but uh, for one thing, uh, for one reason or another, him and his family can't go, uh, which is a shame. But I'm sure, John, that uh, you'll get to go at some point. So, um, yeah, you'll have to just going to enjoy it vicariously for now. Um, Top geezer, John. I appreciate it, mate. And, um, you know, hopefully everything works out for you and you go over there soon and we can enjoy a few beers together um, before the game. Indeed, uh, and that's your lot uh, for your um, uh, correspondences. Thank you so much for um, uh, uh, sending them in and, uh, and engaging and chatting with us. It's always appreciated. And of course, there's lots of stuff going on for Bengals UK. We've got uh, got a, a daily uh, advent calendar, um, which will continue until obviously the 24th. Of December, we've also got our charity raffle, which uh, is now uh, up and running. And it would be great if you wanted to uh, maybe buy a couple of tickets. I know you bought a couple, Nathan, as well. And 
should Wait, be... When's the draw for this? I quite fancy my chances. I, I can't remember. It's like the 21st, I think it is. Um, so basically... Oh, all... who, who draws it? <clears throat> Uh, it's the company that we we use. It's Raffle. They're called. Okay, so it's, it's, it's like independent. You're it's not independent. Really I'm not. I am got a hand in this at all. It's an independently verified and randomly selected prize. Yeah. Um, so we've got um, we've got some Bengals artwork, a fantastic uh, painting by Sean Volker of Joe Burrow as a print. Uh, oh, unbelievable. Yeah, it's really great. We've got a Cincy hat cap. You know, it's the trendy yeah. thing to have now. Plus, we've thrown in a jackpot Joey cap with that. So you've got two caps there for the price of one. That's one prize. Uh, Skyline Chili. You know, they released all those uh, limited edition cups with different players and holographic cups. We've got the complete set plus two cans of chili and a jar, um, a bottle of hot sauce. So you can have your own little uh, Skyline Chili party at home. Uh, and then we've got some FC Cincinnati goodies to give away too. So, generally, some cool prizes. Uh, but an even cooler um, uh, cause, uh, you know, if honestly, if every one of our British followers bought a ticket, I think we'd probably raise over about two grand. So, please, if even if you don't care about the prizes and you're in a position to do so, um, yeah, please do consider buying a couple of tickets for a great cause. Action for Children's Secret Santa. It's uh, they help out vulnerable kids over Christmas, uh, and uh, buys kids all over the country um, uh, gifts and presents when otherwise they'd have a pretty shit Christmas, quite frankly. So uh, it's a fantastic cause. Um, Nathan, next time we'll speak, you will be in Cincinnati, my son. Well, I will indeed, man. I'm um, yeah, I'll be. I'll probably be in a very good mood. I can only imagine, unless the Bengals get absolutely tanked. Well, remember, um, it's a Saturday kickoff. Uh, yeah, bizarre that. Really bizarre. This uh, this week, I'm just gonna check what the, the the kickoff time. Well, you don't care because you'll six, be six p.m. Is it a normal six p.m. job? Is it? Yeah, it's a six p.m. job uh, in the UK, but of course one p.m. at uh, uh, Eastern. Um, and we'll be chatting to Nathan. I think. Oh, well, we'll 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 have a little Christmas drink together. Um, separate by four or five thousand miles but we're going to have a little Christmas drink and a little Christmas cheer we're going to play our normal Christmas games we do have a special guest and that will be a uh, current Bengals player uh, I'm not going to tell you which because I don't want to jinx it but uh, that should be happening so lots to look forward to um, a huge thank you to Corey Dillon um, for coming on we'll try and get him back again soon Um and Nathan, uh, bon voyage. No, thank you, my son. And like I said, anyone who's out in Cincinnati that's a podcast listener, do drop me a message or a tweet, and hopefully I'll see you at the tailgate um, for a beer. And thank you to you, Sam, for your recommendations that you've given me, and to, to Jeremy and Jess as well. have been fantastic. So, yeah, I'd love, it's just lovely to be part of a big and welcoming community, you know. And like I yeah. said, after 20 years of being a fan, it's going to be an honour to be out there to, to see him play live in Cincinnati. Cool. Well, I look forward to hearing your review of Cincinnati and uh, maybe some pizza reviews and some uh, jacket potato reviews and some all the rest of it. Um, have a great time, mate, and I'll speak to you next week. But in the meantime, until then, it is, of course, a Who Day from me. And a Who Day from me. Cheers, guys.
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.